Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of FF Plus here on the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron White, and this is your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. If you're new to the show, just sit back, listen, and enjoy. We'll get into things very shortly. If you're a longtime listener, I'd love to ask for you to please drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Leave us that rating, leave us some kind words in a review, or drop us a rating on Spotify or whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. Also encouraged is retweeting the heck out of our episodes. If you follow our social media channels on Twitter or on Facebook, would love for you to shout us out, share us with your friends and families who are movie lovers, because that is how we grow the family of listeners here for Feel and Film. Most of all, though, I just hope that you're enjoying the content that we put out for you weekly, and we'd love to chat with you too. So if you want to come talk, you can find all of the links to our social channels in the show notes to each and every episode. So feel free to seek us out. Now, this is an episode that is kind of near and dear to my heart because I've decided to talk about two different movies this week that are both fantasy related. We're talking sword and sorcery dragons, things like that. I adore this genre. It's something that I don't usually get to talk about on our main show with Patrick because he doesn't like these kind of movies nearly as much as I do. So this is my opportunity to indulge and gush just a bit. We'll start with the upcoming new release, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves from Paramount Pictures. It stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Renee Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, and Hugh Grant. It is directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. It is written by Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, and Michael Giglio from a story by Chris McKay and Giglio. The cinematography is by Barry Peterson. The music is by Lauren Balfe. It runs 134 minutes and is rated PG-13 for fantasy, action, violence, and some language. What's it about? A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. So the background for this here, to set your understanding of my perspective, is that I am a longtime Dungeons and Dragons fan. I have been involved in campaigns at different periods of my life where I've played the tabletop game. I have played many, many a video game related to the property. I have read books set in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So I'm very familiar, not just with the themes of high fantasy, but with the specific rule set of the game, Dungeons and Dragons itself. Very much something that's been a part of my life. Uh, even my kids have begun to play Dungeons and Dragons. My daughter, in fact, is a part of the Dungeons and Dragons club at her college, where she has even branched out and started doing some DMing, that's dungeon mastering, that's the person that runs the game, and it's pretty much her favorite thing. And I was really blessed to be able to invite not only her, but a group of her fellow clubmates to come to our early press screening for this film, and that was just a really fantastic and cool experience. So just understand, I'm coming to this as a super fan of the property. Uh, the IP for me is special. That doesn't mean that everything that I've experienced within this IP has been good, but I was hopeful. So here's the review. This, to me, truly felt like a cinematic roleplay 
of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with all the real life corniness and the constant storytelling pivots that occur included. What do I mean by that? Well, the tone of this film is definitely humorous. It's goofy. It's not meant to be a serious epic in the vein of The Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Yes, there are serious things happening. There is a plot by some dangerous wizards to take over a city, to enslave its people, to turn them into skeletons or monsters of some kind, to kind of be able to you know, spread evil across the land. That is generally what is happening in this universe anytime there's a big villain. The characters come together, and there's also a pretty emotional little plotline of a father, played by Chris Pine, who is the bard class of our group. And, you know, he is trying to get back to his daughter after he has made a mistake as a thief and gotten himself caught. And so there's some underpinning of, of a kind of an emotional tale of a man who has lost his wife, who feels guilty about that, who has now become unavailable to his daughter for a few years and is guilty about that. And this mutual relationship he has with a longtime adventuring friend, Michelle Rodriguez, who plays our barbarian, and how they combined want to retrieve his daughter and start a new life. And so it's got that going on as far as like, I would say like a thread uh, that is driving the plot. And it is kind of like what I think of as a character backstory, right? It's something that you would sit down to make up a, when you play this game and you create a character. You're telling the DM, the rest of the players, where your character is coming from and what the purpose of them being on this quest is. Because when you talk about Dungeons and Dragons and the game, you, you want to bring these people together, right? Your adventuring party. It's kind of like the crew up in a heist movie. They each need to have their own individual reason for being there. So in a crew up, it almost always is like, oh, well, we all want to make money, right? We're all here for the heist. But in this, each person, each player is very distinctly creating this character that they're going to play. So they want them to have their own simultaneous quest that's going on. They're, they're, they're on their own journey as well as the greater journey that they're accomplishing together. And we get a sense of that through the different characters that are part of this film. And it's, it's really integrated well. Does all of the humor work? Absolutely not. The movie is a little bit overstuffed, and many moments play out more like cute and hilarious references, more than they do a strongly cohesive narrative. But again, that is also pretty accurate to how a game session tends to evolve. The dungeon master will talk, and set a stage, and then they throw the bone to the players, and the players will figure out what's going to happen. And very, very often, tangents occur, and so the movie captures that feel brilliantly. There is also a sense of capturing just the spontaneity that comes in moments of heightened tension. There's a great scene in this film where someone throws a potato in the midst of a battle, and you may think to yourself, wow, that seems really stupid and ridiculous. Like, why would anyone try and fight with a potato? 
But I'm here to tell you, if you have ever played this game, or if, I guess if you've never played this game and you aren't familiar with it, that is exactly the kind of thing that would happen. Players would be trying to figure out what their actions were to accomplish a task or to fight a monster, and a player is just randomly going to spout out, I grabbed a potato and chuck it at his face. And then the dungeon master's job is to respond to that, create a story that continues things, and and you just see how it plays out. It's all about creativity, and I felt that in this movie big time. Like I think that they captured that aspect of what it's like to play D&D, and that was awesome. I think it was very successful for me because of that. Also, the lore. The film is set in the Forgotten Realms, my favorite Dungeons and Dragons setting. I love it. It is packed with details and name drops. And I think that for people who are coming to this fresh and have never experienced that, some of the lore is going to be a little bit confusing. When we're talking about Red Wizards of Thay and Necromancers, there are some crazy names that get mentioned. Things can get a, a, a bit much, I would say. But it's enough that the plot still can be followed, the main plot. And that's really all you need combined with these extremely charismatic performances from all of our actors and a really engaging, fantastical world with lots of fun, different <laughs> types of magic being used and creatures to interact with. You get to explore a little bit of different things in different places. Icewind Dale, for example, Lords of Waterdeep references. If you've played that game, you're going to catch a lot of like things that are talked about in this movie. The Town of Neverwinter, the Wizard Elminster is mentioned. Deep Cut, for those of you who are big time into this universe, Holga, played by Michelle Red Rodriguez, is of the Elk Tribe, which is the tribe that Wolfgar was king of. Wolfgar is a companion of Driss Duerden in those stories. So if you have been familiar with the Drist world, you would know Wolfgar, and it's just kind of cool to see those little connections. If you know what a mimic is, we get to see one of those. There's Displacer Beast. There's Gelatinous Cubes. There are the Aarakocra bird race. Uh, there is a visit to the Underdark, which I felt was a little bit underused, unfortunately. There are no drow. There are no Duragar or gray dwarves or illithids or even talking spiders. But there is something really fun that they react to and have to fight once they're down in the Underdark. The druid way that she is portrayed by Sophia Lillis is fantastic. All of the special effects for her transforming into various creatures work great and I think capture how fun it would be to play a druid and get to do different tasks depending on the different form that you happen to be taking. So I really think that though this is not the perfect Dungeons and Dragons movie, it's a really highly entertaining one that will keep your attention and that feels like it's wearing its heart on its sleeve and it truly understands what the game is about and is made for players to enjoy. So I think that if you're a veteran, you're going to have an absolute blast with the details and the representation of the Forgotten Realms world and the way that the character archetypes are shown to us that we have come to know and love. If you're new, I think you'll have fun with a silly and engaging and exciting adventure.
and ultimately a little bit emotional as well to tug on those heartstrings. So I'm a big fan. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves will be in theaters on March 31st, and I just highly recommend that you go see it. I think you want to go see this with a big crowd. If you're someone that has been playing Dungeons and Dragons, you want to go see this with your group. I think that people who have already had these shared experiences in their own worlds around a table together will just have such a blast. I mean, there was a lot of talking going on in the screening. You could hear like little whispering to each other, but it didn't bother me in this movie because it's all excitement. It's like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? Or, oh my gosh, did you see what they just did with this? You know, it's like really just everybody's having such a good time and being so excited and and blown away to hear or see these little details that they managed to sneak into this. It's well worth it. And then also be sure you stay for the credit scene because it's a hoot as well. So Dungeons and Dragons, highly recommend it. All right. So the other review I have for you today is of the new home video release of Dragon Slayer from 1981. This is also a Paramount Pictures distributed film. It starred Peter McNichol, Caitlin Clark, Ralph Richardson, John Hallam, Peter Eyre, Sidney Bromley, Chloe Salomon, and Ian McDermott. It was directed by Matthew Robbins, and it was written by Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins. Had cinematography by Derek Van Lint and music by Alex North. It ran 109 minutes and was rated PG. I guess I shouldn't say that in the past tense. It still is (laughs) those things. It was about a young wizarding apprentice named Galen who was sent to kill a dragon which had been devouring girls from a nearby kingdom. Now, it's a bit of a synopsis is a little unfair. The dragon had been devouring girls from a nearby kingdom because the kingdom had been sending virgin girls to the dragon to appease it and to keep it from destroying their city. A little bit about the movie itself, it manages to feel like an epic sword and sorcery tale at just over an hour and a half. But yet, it's also pretty dark for being a Walt Disney production. It's honestly one of my favorite high fantasy flicks of the time period, the early 80s. And despite that, there is not a ton of action. The story is largely about this kingdom trying to deal with one big bad dragon and the ethics of that, the political maneuvering and the oncoming Christian thought that is prevalent in this society during this Middle Ages type of setting. It has this young apprentice who's trying to prove himself a worthy sorcerer and a brave princess. It even has a little bit of a slight kind of melodramatic romance. It's not just a series of battles, but it builds up to something worth the wait. I wouldn't say the characters themselves are memorable, and that's probably my biggest negative for this movie. But the journey they go on and the things that they experience are definitely something that sticks with you. There is a quest with some combat and magic usage here along the way, though. One interesting thing that is really neat is how the only magical item in the movie is an amulet. There really isn't a lot of magic in this world, and I kind of appreciate that, and I gravitate towards stories like that, where it's not just magic this, magic that, all magic versus magic. It's kind of confined to this very narrow corridor and the rest of the world is trying to adapt and and deal with things in a non-magical way 
And so you introduce this one element of the supernatural to it, and it becomes uh, unique and interesting to see how you can kind of marry those two things together. And of course, it's going to ultimately cause conflict with some people as well. They do keep this movie interesting, and I think that there is enough going on to break up what is more often than not some pretty dramatic pacing up until the point that our hero is in the act of taking on the giant beast, which is extremely exciting from that point forward in the final act. The really spectacular thing about this movie are the effects. They hold up extremely well, and they were dazzling for the era. The dragon in particular has just an amazing design and also one of the best dragon names of all time. Vermithrax Pejorative. That is the name of the dragon. I mean, honestly, it's extremely hard to beat. This disc looks and sounds amazing in its new 4K presentation as well. I often look at some of these older films from the 60s or 70s or even the 80s that have had these 4K upscale uh, updates and, you know, they look pretty much the same, to be honest. But this one, I don't know, it feels like it's a lot more crisp in the way that it's presented. And I really enjoyed it from a visual standpoint. And of course, you know, the Dolby track, it just sounds great. And the special features, which I'm going to go over here in just a second, are really rad. Uh, so I, I think that this is a great movie. And this particular package definitely sold me on it being something worth picking up. Those special features include a commentary uh, by the director, Matthew Robbins, and Guillermo del Toro. So some backstory, Matthew has actually been a writer for del Toro in the past on some movies, Mimic, Crimson Peak, and Pinocchio. So the two know each other well, and del Toro was a huge fan of this movie. He grew up watching it as a kid. It's one of his favorites, and the commentary track with him is absolutely wonderful. I would say it's probably about 50% him interviewing Matthew, asking him questions about things as we go through the film, and then Del Toro offering up his own, as you can imagine, just wonderful perspective about the world building and about his own connection to this story and his experiences with it. One of the more enjoyable commentary tracks that I've listened to in a long time. And then there's this wonderful set of special featurettes. They're combined called the Slayer of All Dragons, and they consist of several different sections. I'll just briefly call them out. One is called Welcome to Crag and Moor, and it's a look back at the impact of Star Wars and its visual effects on Hollywood, the origin of the film and its screenplay, and then the casting. They talk about how this was Born out of the rise of the Dungeons Dragons craze. Gotta love that tie-in to our feature review of the day. And then also the idea of dragons in the Lord of the Rings world. Robbins and Barwood, a co-writer, had a relationship with guys like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. And this was at the time that ILM was becoming able to do the effects necessary to make this fantasy look good in ways that they just had not been able to previously do in Hollywood. So that was really good. There's A Long Way to Erland, which talks about the pre-production in England and how the filmmakers made a gritty medieval realism, giving that to the production design, the cinematography, and the costumes. There's a featurette specifically about Vermithrax, Pejorative the Dragon, which was so good. 
it shows go motion in action, which is a unique type of filming that is they compare it to stop motion animation as a way to explain to you how it works. It's really fascinating stuff all around. So much work went into creating this convincing, menacing dragon, and you can't compare it to a CGI that they do now. There's a weight to it and a life to it that you don't get when you are doing something that is not made by hand with puppets and practical animatronics and stuff like that. So awesome featurette on the work by Phil Tippett and his animation as well, specifically with the go motion stuff. And and I highly recommend this one in particular, but the whole set is fantastic. They also talk about uh, Vermethrax's iconic lair, which is a section of the final act that they go into and how they created that lair, how they decided to design these what are ultimately like pretty horrific baby dragons and why that is. And then there's a final featurette on the final battle, which is a huge climax. And, you know, just they also talk a lot about Alex North's amazing score as well during that section. I really, really enjoyed watching all of these special features. I just I was soaking them up and they enhanced my appreciation and love of the movie, even beyond what it already was. And that's what I want when it comes to special features on a commentary. This Dragon Slayer 4K Ultra HD copy is available in a limited edition steelbook version and also will be available on Blu-ray on March 21st. I highly recommend this disc. It is absolutely worth picking up for your collection. Well, that's it for this week's Dragon-centric episode of FF+. Plus. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the information I've provided And if you check these films out, as always, let me know what you thought. That's my favorite part. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filled.